It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page. Got a lot to talk about today. Probably not going to make it in an hour unless we go hyperspeed and we just do lightning quick reactions to everything. But knowing us, we're going to probably take our time on one or two topics. But I think we should be grateful for these types of podcasts because there was a time when there was no track and we did an hour. Yeah. So that's true. Literally, there was no track during there COVID. Li- yeah, we did. We did five hours a week with no track. Yeah, so exactly. I think we can do three hours a week when we are talking about in the middle of a very active track season. Yeah, so active that I have an announcement to make. <laughs> Go ahead. This past weekend officially is the best track and field weekend of 2023. It just happened. I was wrong. Mid-February weekend was not the best weekend of track and field in 2023. Turned out I was off by two weeks, which when we think about it in a 52-week span, only being off by two weeks, that's not bad. So far. That's not bad. Two-week plus minus error, margin of error. We're only seven weeks into the year, though. What is two divided by 52? I was only off by 3.8%. No, that's not bad at all. Because it's not over. And last week's was also better. No, no, I don't I don't I don't subscribe. It's dropped to, that to number notion. three. Your weekend has dropped to no, number three, no. and we're not even out of February. It's not about my weekend dropping to number three. It's about that I chose I was off by 14 days. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. Like if I went to like up to a stranger and I said and I try to guess their birthday and I was off by 14 days, people would think that's impressive. It would be like, wow. You can guess someone's birthday within a two-week plus minus. You should, like, put that on your resume. I predicted the best track and field weekend of 2023 by a factor of 14 days or off by 14 days. So I think you should be like, Gordon, you did pretty damn good. But it's you're forgetting one fact. It's not over yet. The year isn't over. No, but this is. No, I've, I'm doubling down <laughs> on this is the past weekend was the best track and field weekend of 2023. It's not going to, it's all. It was definitely better than the weekend you said it was going to be. I don't think it's going to be the best one. We did see out fast outdoor 60s. I think the fastest men's outdoor 60 in history. Yeah. Run by your guy. We'll talk about Blake. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Let's start first up with a world record. Yes. Mondo Duplantis, 6.22 meters in the pole vault. Makes it four years in a row now where he's broken the world record at least once. That's an impressive feat. We always talk about Mondo, what's going to keep him motivated, what's going to keep him going. But you watch this video, and you can see it. He's so excited to get this record, as he should. He is not getting bored with world records. Each one, to me, I mean, look at him. Gets him and Renault Laville and have a moment on the mat there. Just a great, great um, scene there out in France. And I think it's got to be exciting, knowing if you can PR – there's going to be a party for you every time because there's a lot of pro athletes out there. They'll run a PB and it'll get mentioned in a broadcast. It'll get 
mentioned in a tweet, maybe an Instagram post, maybe we'll bring it up, right? But the whole stadium isn't taking note. They're not drawing all their eyes on you when you're going for a PR in the way Mondo will be from here on out. And I think it's just exciting to see how he's not getting bored of it. He's having so much fun out there. Yeah, I'm trying to, I probably should have done a little more data research here, but I think, I think I have the correct statements here. Yeah, okay, so he has now vaulted 6.22, and that's all the best that's ever been done. So mm-hmm. the world record before he got into the, when he, before he started, was held by Renaud Lavinelini. Did I say his last name right? Lavinelini. Mm-hmm. You got there, yeah. From France. He had the world record at 6.16 from 2014. Uh, yeah, or the overall. Overall world record. Indoor, indoor and outdoor. Yeah. 6.16. And now Mondo tied that. Mm-hmm. And then he did 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Six times. Yeah. He's tied it and then broke it six times. This guy, you look at the screw, the the image, he had like a foot over the bar. Yeah, he's now, got more room. Now, I get it. Like, it's not just about your peak height because you have to be able to get around it as well. Mm-hmm. And he was very close to hitting it on the way up. Yeah. So that's the real margin is getting close to hitting it on the way up. But he can... He's definitely going to get into the 630s, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he can get at least another eight centimeters. I think 630 was the discussion a couple of years ago when people were talking about it, when he first started breaking world records. Hey, how high can this guy go? I think a reasonable number, just based on his height, his clearances, and how young he was, was 630. I, you know, I don't know. It depends, right, on health, but it's certainly in the realm of possibility. Very few people get to break world records. An even smaller group get to break it world record multiple times and then now he's on this run where he just keeps going and going and going breaking world record after breaking world record he's in very 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 elite company even bolt individually right how many times he break a world record four times right or five times i guess new york i don't remember new york this was before before this was before i watched track yeah you're not a bolt historian as we found out this summer new york (laughs) beijing beijing I'm i'm not counting relays so new york beijing beijing berlin berlin that was it. That was all. And not everybody's event is the same. I understand that. And Mondo has the ability to only break a world record by a centimeter. But just it just goes to show you how few are experiencing what he got to, what he's getting to experience in the sport. Yeah, it's incredible. Again, he now has done six in a row in centimeters. He can probably keep going at another... I think when he's retired, the all-time record books, it may have his name 15 times before you see another pole vaulter, which, which is, is insane. Yeah, considering before him, there was a guy who had that in Sergei Bubka. Yeah. He was the dominant name on on the all-time list. Lavillany got in there uh, indoors, but all-time outdoors, it's it's Sergei Bubka, or it was Sergei Bubka and nobody else, and now it's Mondo, 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 Mondo. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about World Indoor Tour. I just love it's final. like, you know what? We'll move on. A world record, but that's how great he is. He's now made world records. Just be like, he PR'd. Yeah. I mean, again, I thought it was cool that he was super excited. Yeah. You, 
it would great it would be great to see a compilation of all of the celebrations after world records just to see if you could sense any hint of oh man maybe it's just becoming ordinary for him routine but that one would stick out yeah. when he's hugging Lavillani on the mat that one sticks out there's no sign that he's bummed out also a compilation of which techno songs are playing when Mondo breaks world records because I think Party Rockers was in the lead but it might be supplanted by another song that I'm not aware of are Maybe. you up on techno at all I'm not because it seems to be playing at every single European I think it's indoor a European meet. thing that's yeah. your, it's European music though right but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we got to figure out the best all-time Mondo record-breaking song. I'd li- I do like that take, though. That's, a, that's, that's something I would say on the podcast. No, what you're going to do in about three years, you're going to have it broken down. Because he's going to have a list of, you know, he's broken it 25 times or something, 20 times. So you're going to have a nice, um, a, a Spotify list. playlist. The Mondo Spotify well, we world record playlist. Now. Yeah. You should do that. That'll actually. be good. Good. Okay. I'm glad we continue to talk. Okay. Let's go. We stumbled on an actually decent idea. All right. Birmingham. World Indoor Tour final. It's the final. It's the World Indoor Tour final. It wasn't the final, though. Also, there's an issue. It's the final. They gave out a trophy. We'll talk about it. To who? To Grant Holloway, even though he didn't win the title. Okay. So there was one thing they were trying to sort out afterwards. Oh, women's 60. Hobbs still gets it because she had the faster overall time. But like, Grant Holloway's holding the World Indoor Tour trophy, mm -hmm. but Daniel Roberts won the World Indoor Tour. No, but that's the World Indoor Tour final trophy because he won the World Indoor Tour final. Anyway. But that's... Okay. That's confusing. (laughs) Is this supposed to be that confusing? Why did they give a trophy to the person who didn't win the tour? Uh, maybe they got something else. Maybe they got to check. I don't know. Let's start with Keely Hodgkinson. Okay, let's get back into Another it. 157 for Keely Hodgkinson. Dominated this field. Broke her own British record. 157.18. They had talked about this being a British record. Maybe we're thinking that she was going to break into the 156s. Didn't quite get it, but I think she did it as about as good as she could do, um, given the setup, given the competition. And I'm just overall really impressed with their consistency this year, right? Like indoors, just 157, 157, 157. Um, smart runner, gaining a lot of experience right now. So I think outdoors is going to be great with her and Mo. We, we knew it was going to be great. Nothing the indoor season from her has told us it's not going to be great. Yeah. Again, being able to click this off, having this consistent of an indoor season is great for her outdoor projection. It'll be exciting to see when she actually gets pushed by the thing, Mo, because look at this. She's by herself. She, yeah. She's just pushing herself. So it's going to be interesting when she's going to be chasing a thing. And a thing now, like, it's not guaranteed. I mean, she is back-to-back global champion. And yeah. though her lead, her dominance is like, there is a wave of Keeley coming at her. And mm-hmm. she's got to make sure she's prepared <laughs> and on top of her game to try to get three global titles in a row. Yeah, I think Mo has to still be considered the favorite. If I was doing rankings, Mo going into outdoors still got to be number one, two-time global champion. But the gap has closed, and everybody's going to be waiting to see early indoor season, what that looks like. Men's 1500, another British record went down. Incredibly entertaining race. I told you this race was going to be good and not to sleep on Neil Gorley after what he did in Milrose. And Josh Kerr, Really put himself out there. He had talked about running fast in this meet. 
but it was Gurley who got past him on the backstretch of that final lap, took control, ran away with this thing, uh, 332-48. So takes the British record from Josh Kerr. I give Kerr credit for going for it. I think he knew, hey, I'm the I'm going to keep this race going fast, so either I'm going to exceed my British record or I could be the one who <laughs> sets this thing up on a silver platter for Gurley to take it from me, and that's exactly what happened. Let's, yeah, we're showing right now this this final lap. Kerr faded because um, he had to do a lot of the work towards the back half, and Gurley just made a huge move with uh, just over 100 to go. Yeah, this is, like, in my opinion, the most, like, I am ready for the next level type race for Neil Gourley. Because if you look at his, you know, progression, you know, in college he was running, you know, 341, 1500s to down to, you know, ended college running 335. But, you know, 335, a lot of people can run 335 yeah. in the world. And he's in... in Great Britain, where there's a lot of great, you know, Chris O'Hare was on top of his game during that era. Obviously, you have Whiteman, Josh Curl's running well. And then he runs 338, 2020, 2021, he doesn't run any 1500s. Uh, might have been hurt. And then 2022, he runs 332, 93. Yeah. And I kind of chalk that up to like everyone's just running faster. He's just part of the, the oh, wave yeah. of like, hey, we're all going to have a, yeah. a marginal increase. 332, 93 doesn't really mean much to me. But. Winning this race, mm -hmm. winning the World Indoor Tour, where we had Nagus run his two miles in his 1500, Josh Kerr was in this race, winning this race soundly. We all talk about Whiteman being the defending champion, Inga Britson being the, the main guy, though, who we yeah. think can be the favorite, Josh Kerr being like, watch out for him, runs fast. Girly, we might be sleeping on the actual person who may surprise us all in August, and it might be Neil Gorley. We said a couple weeks ago, eight countries had a person who could win the men's 1500, but there's multiple countries who have multiple athletes he, who could yeah. do it, right? And Great Britain would be one of them because you have Gurley as a sleeper. Whiteman's already done it. Kerr's medaled before. And, and they have a lot of depth too. Jake Hayward's run really fast. Australia's got a couple top guys there. Kenya's going to have a couple fast. Uh, we know, well, their whole team is going to be good, regardless of who they send, just on the byproduct of getting through the Kenyan trials. So it the men's 15, yeah, Jakob is the favorite, but if you had to pick beyond that right now, a top 10 is hard to get in to even. Yeah. yeah. But this, like, I may take him as the best guy in Britain right now. Like, I think I'll take him over Whiteman. Uh, when are you releasing your British rankings? Oh, those are... Whiteman's in a boot right now, I saw. Okay, so that's even more of a reason. Not, but like even Whiteman on the boot, I just think like he's running on fire. He's running well. He's Yeah. I know, yeah, I want to see outdoors. But Kerr again set this thing in motion. There's a world where Kerr doesn't take the pace on and maybe it's a little more competitive over that last lap. But Gurley, hey, credit to him, played it smart. Got the win. Got the British record. My brain has officially put him in the I can medal category. Yeah, fair. And it was it was cool that we knew the record was on the line. Like once Kerr went to the front and you're looking at the split, you're thinking, all right, British record's probably going to go. Is Kerr going to get to keep it or is he going to lose the race and lose to a guy who's going to take the record from him? And it was pretty cool. You know, people always talk about fast times versus competition. This is the second time this year, the 3K and Lee Venn was the other one, where the record was clearly on the line and it was just a matter of who got it.
Speaking of records, for the third time this indoor season, Gudov Sagai raced the lights. She was 0-2. Well, she's 0-3, but just barely. She just missed it this time. She almost beat the lights in Birmingham. 3,816-69. Missed the world record by less than a tenth. But the last lap... It was so exciting because she was closing on. She was a little off the pace, and then you just saw her make up ground, make up ground, make up ground to where it almost looked like she finished ahead of the lights. Obviously, they're unofficial at that point. Don't know if the lights leaned. Got to get the torso across lights. Not about your hand. Not about your head. Got your torso, but Sky almost did it. Almost got that Dababa record. We mentioned on the preview pod that we should not talk about her going for the record because when you talk about it, she falls up short. And we tried to not talk about it, but we talked about it (laughs) while trying to not talk about it, which is why she came up short. So next time we need to just never mention her event and then we see the world record. Yeah, look at this. Even with the 50 to go, it looks like she's way back and then she just turns on the afterburn. Like, oh, she's right on. Genuine mystery as to whether or not she got it and they were correcting a lot of the times during yeah. the meet so i thought she had a shot at it but hey three races three record attempts she comes up short but that was the that was the best one of the bunch and it's a three thousand, so she's running a lot of this by herself it wasn't like a mile or or a 1500 still taking faith kabiagan over in the 15 yes 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 60 hurdles so 60 hurdles I just looked at the standings and yeah. they gave the title to Grant Holloway. Breaking news. So what they did is, I'm assuming Double they said, the no, they, I think what they did was they said you can only have a limit of three um, performances in the tour. So the reason why Daniel Roberts would have won is because he would have run four races to Grant Holloway's three. Mm-hmm. And that fourth race would have been enough to put him over Grant Holloway going three and oh, because that fourth race that Daniel Roberts won would have been enough to get him more points. Right. But I guess World Indoor Tour, which I didn't know where to, this is in the fine print somewhere. I don't know where it's located, but apparently you only get to get three marks in your tour. So your three best performances. But you're getting points based on place. Yeah, your you're three not getting best points. places. Your three best places. I think we should be encouraging them competing a lot. I know. So it's weird that Daniel Roberts ran four times. Those total points is more than Grant Holloway going 3-0. and Yeah. So... Grant Holloway, good runner, but in our eyes, Daniel Roberts is the real champion, the true World Indoor Tour yes. champion. Your buy is not worth anything, no. at all. But we know, we know, we know the truth. Jeez, really? I mean, Daniel Roberts should raise his hand, and be like, "What the hell, guys? I well, I have guess more if, points." If it was in the rules, though. I don't know if it was in the rules. Maybe they just realized. Maybe Grant Holloway <laughs> got involved. In the, hey, guys. You want me going to Worlds? You want me to try to break the world record in 2024? You better give me the damn bye, because look at me. I think it would have been fine. I won this convincingly, but he did it in the inverse. This was an inverse Grant Holloway performance. It was, and that's why I didn't think he had run that fast initially, but he got out not with a dominant start. Roberts was even with him at the very least. Maybe Roberts was even slightly ahead, but then Grant closed like crazy. 735, world lead. Roberts was pretty close to him last time, but this the last two t- turtles were really impressive for Holloway. Probably his best last two hurdles that we've seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to. I would love it. I don't think this is true, but imagine Grant Holloway's like, I need to work on my clothes, so I'm going to purposely 
sandbag the first three hurdles to force myself to focus on the, the last few hurdles. But I don't think he's. Well, I think the race is too short to put that much thought into it. Yeah, and this is, but this is why technical events are so difficult because you get one part down doesn't mean you're going to get the other part yeah. down, and then vice versa. He gets the good close, but he doesn't have the best start. Um, cool scenes afterwards. So him and Roberts are really close. So yeah, hugging and flexing, and I mean, I remember fun times. Was it 2019? 2019, yeah. The college year when they both were running out of their mind. Mm -hmm. Grant Holloway ended up getting the win, but then Roberts got him at USA's, right? Mm hmm. Was Robert that, Roberts beat him at uh, SECs, didn't he? No, no, sure no. Didn't. Grant Howie didn't lose SECs. He lost the regular season race to him. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. I was no. there. You weren't at SECs. No, I wasn't there there, but I was covering the sport. Hold on. Let's look this up. What yeah, did twenty nineteen? SECs second thirteen twelve. Oh wow! Daniel Roberts thirteen oh seven. Yeah, You're right. Because there was there that, was legitimate that questions. That lit a fire. Well. No, because then that set up the famous Grant Holloway mix zone eat your words moment. Yeah. Because you or I or Lincoln or somebody was saying it might be a toss-up between Holloway and Roberts at that point because Roberts was so good. I mean, it was a toss-up. He he ran 12.98 and Roberts ran 13.0. I don't know. That's that's a toss-up in my opinion. It was a great event. It was great. It was, that whole year was great because you had a dominant figure in Holloway come in and then he was actually going to be challenged. And we wanted to see how he would respond. And he responded by... Breaking the collegiate record and running 13 seconds. That's what's great about Holloway's, like, dominance is that it's not like a foregone conclusion, though, that he's going to win. Because he does still – He's taking losses He's taking losses, which makes it – you want to watch because you know he's you, you know he's a heavy favorite and he should win, but you want to be like, maybe he'll lose. It's not like – like, watching Mondo, you're not thinking he's going to yeah. lose. But watching Holloway, you're seeing greatness that may lose, you can see it more a, fun. You can see a world record. Yeah. You also could see, see an upset. a loss. The hurdles have a little bit of unpredictability yeah. into them. Also, a Holloway. Which is why you should never bet on him like I did in the Olympics. But still, he usually shows up he does. with Holloway. And he doesn't duck away from competition. And before it became a popular saying, Link and I talked about this in 2019. There's some x-rays done on Grant Holloway. He's got that dog in him? He had that dog in so him. So I was Grant Holloway for Halloween? Is yeah. what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, because in, in 19, like he had this, you know, he obviously had the indoor win streak too, but he was running roughshod over NCAAs in the high hurdles too. And he was going to go six for six indoors, outdoors for three seasons. And then Roberts comes up, beats him at SECs, which to that point that year is the biggest meet in the season. And I thought, hey, Mentally, this might rattle him a bit, but then he comes back and then he runs 1298. Then he goes to Europe and, and USA's doesn't run that well, but then somehow comes out in Doha and gets a gold medal too. So yeah, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's just a fun athlete to follow because he's unpredictable, but also he's on the top end. He's great. Yeah. So. All right. Last one. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. What else? World Indoor Tour. One more thing. Uh, Laura Muir went out hard, missed the 1K record. She said, oh, man, on the broadcast, they said something about how she described, like, it's an evil race, the 1,000 or something like that. It's a wicked race. Some some term that I enjoyed, um, the way she described Kevin, Kevin I, know, I, I know that it's still February. Oh, women's 60. I know it's still February, but, like, I'm done with off events, like the 1Ks, the 600s. And I was just mentioning it. I know, but, like, it's over for me. Like, they had their shine. Uh, women's 60, Asher Smith, 703, broke the British record. And then the only other one was the 
a thousand. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting how she was saying how difficult it was to time a thousand in terms of your effort, and I can totally imagine. But my interest in the thousand ends like first week of February. Thousands and six hundred is an exclusive January only event. Okay. <laughs> Once you do, if you're doing it in late February, I'm sorry, like they're already doing outdoor meets. Like I'm, so, I'm just not going to get up for your your thousands. Well, they're already, yeah, they're already doing outdoor meets in Jamaica. Coming up after the break, sixty meters in Kingston. No, all right, Omanyala. We talked about his opening round race at a meet in Kenya on Friday. Said he was going to go sub nine eighty in the final. Almost did. 9.82 world lead for Omanyala in the final. Showing the video up here. You guys are watching it live. I haven't seen the results posted, so I don't know about the wind. Obviously, this is at altitude. I mean, this is nothing new. Like, I think enough of Omanyala at this point where I take this sort of performance and I add it to the pile of other awesome Omanyala performances. Yeah. But what I want to see is the Diamond League race where he's going up against Curly, right? Or he's going up against Lyles, Lyles or Bromel or Bracey or someone like that. That's, that's what I want to see for Omanyale. Yeah, but again, USA still is in pole position for a sweep in my opinion, but it is going to be harder to do this year than it was last year. Because Omanyale looks good, and I think the Jamaican contingent is going to be on top of their game. Is it going to be harder than this year? I think it's going to be harder this year. I think Omala's best. Oh, Omanyalo didn't even show up until like five minutes before the race. Yeah. Remember? That wasn't his fault. Um, no, I know that wasn't it. Obviously, it wasn't his fault. Well, knowing what we know about Jacobs now, yes. But at this point last year, Jacobs was about to beat Coleman and run 6-4 low at World Indoors. So I think the 2022 Jacobs was ahead of where everybody else is this year. But then he got hurt and then didn't even yeah. get to the final. So that was a little bit different. Also, I guess it depends on if you think the Americans are the same, better or worse. I think as a whole, as a group, they might be better this year. I do have a take. But I don't know. That I am holding on to. But. All right. While you do that, can we keep going? I Oh, I, I think. Uh... This is an audio medium. Well, it's video too, video, but it's I, I, don't not that I, I, I don't know if I want to say it. Okay, out loud. then we'll move on. Well, no, no. I, I, th I, I think there's, there's a person, there's a U.S. sprinter, male sprinter, that we talk about when we throw in all the names of like, you know, obviously we talk mainly about Fred Curley and Noah Lyles. There's a non-Fred Curley slash non-Noah Lyles who I think may become the actual eventual hundred meter champion. Okay, who is it? I don't want to say it. Okay. It's not Trayvon. Great, great podcasting. Just top-notch stuff from Well, here. I told you about the other person that I think is going to make the 1,500-meter team on the women's side. All right, I'm going to move on. The okay. mystery podcasting doesn't really work. I like it because then I can, say, I can make an announcement in the summer and be like, this is who I was talking about. Akeem Blake, 642, outdoors in a 60 in oh. Jamaica, beats Oblique Seville, beats Johan Blake. I went to all-time athletics. Pretty good stats database to look up the fastest outdoor 60 time because they have a list for that too. It's terrific. And it says 648 by Kim Collins, the fastest outdoors. If you go all time, outdoors and indoors, 642. Who's had a 642? Christian Coleman, Maurice Green, 
Ronnie Baker, Andre Kaysen, Lamont Jacobs. I guess Dwayne Chambers had run it too. So it'd be about a top top 15 mark. Indoors are out. And seeing Akeem Blake beat Seville, this is why I think the Jamaican contingent is going to be much better in 2023 than they were last year. Because Seville, in my mind, is the guy based on how he ran last year. I did a little. Some com- of us had that earlier. You had that earlier. Yeah. Some people thought so. I looked at Seville's like trajectory as kind of very Johan Blake esque of age and when he did mm-hmm. his improvement. But the fact that Akeem Blake is the one who gets the win shows that there's depth on the Jamaica side. Uh, and I think that Blake and Seville are going to be very good push each other type duo. That's going to lead to potential even faster times coming out of Jamaica, which is going to make it even harder for USA to hold on to it. Seville timed at 642 as well. Yeah, exactly. Also, if you're Johan Blake and you're racing Akeem Blake and you see Blake, 642, that's got to be annoying because you're like, whoa, did I just win win this race? 642 is like, oh, no, I'm the other Blake. It's probably not fun to race someone who has the same last name as you because when you look at the scoreboard and you're like, you're close, you think, oh, you're did excited. I win? You're like, wait, yeah. which Blake is that? Because they didn't show the first initial. So you think Johan probably thought he won the race. Yeah. So you're getting called out for your take. On which one? Your non-take take. And AJT nails this. AJT what? says he's going to wait for someone to break out and say, this is who I meant. No, which I, is I'll exactly- tell you. No, you're say my it. confidant. I'll no, tell you, I'll tell you off loud. the pod. What's the secret? Why is it a secret? Because if I say it out loud, it puts it out into the universe and then it doesn't happen. But mm. if I keep it in, I'm not going to lie about I'm not going to be like, I saw Marcel Jacobs coming this whole time. I'm not going to do that. Mm. I'm not going to pull one of those like, I knew that. Magic. <laughs> I knew that Toby Omason was going to break the world record Yeah, based off her, you know, collegiate season. No, like, I'm going to hold, I'm not, I have principles. I'm not going to lie saying I saw it coming when I didn't see it coming. All right, we have- But I have a women's 1500 meter US runner who's going to make the team. And I have a male sprinter in the 100 who I think is going to win the title that no one is talking about. Win the U.S. title or the world title? World title. Okay, if I guess it right, we... No, I'm not going to give you a facial reaction. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you after the pod. All right. Guys, I guess you'll have to just trust me because Gordon won't do it. Yeah. People trust you, Kevin. I trust you. All right. Last pro meet, pro slash college meet, and then we'll just pivot to the NCAA side of things. Uh, BU. What were the highlights from the BU last chance meet? Uh, just the miles. There's three notable miles. Uh, they were kind of set up in three different fields. First one was the kind of Cooper tier led field. He went out. Uh, 56, they went 56 out. 56. I mean, he's going for it. But then, like, in the third part of the race, looks like their legs were getting tired. And then everyone that came in, Edwin Herrera looked like Eduardo. he was going to. Eduardo, Eduardo, so not Edwin. Eduardo Herrera looked like he had a massive kick coming. I thought he was going to win it, yeah. but then Henry Wynn was just biding his time and gets Cooper Tier at the line. They run three fifty three, so it be, kind of became like a dud race, which is hilarious. Now that three fifty threes are dud races. So then I got really excited for the UW race, and I was like, all right, can we see a collegiate record here. You have twelve Washington Huskies, a, literally a pack of Huskies running. Robbie Andrews, though. Doesn't really run that fast of a rabbit. Like they kind of go out a little bit too slow. They're like 156, 157 through 800. So I knew that wasn't going to happen. Prakle then tries to go hard. Mm-hmm. Again, they're trying to at. They were basically eyeing trying to break 351, which would give them the world standard. Prakle makes a move. Looks like he might be able to get it. Comes up short at 351, but also Jordy Beamish doing Jordy Beamish things. Always finds a way. 
where it looks like no one is he's not in the mix, and then he had a blistering kick and out leans Crackle. Uh, Dub still put in a bunch of 352, 353 performances. But you see here, this was Prakel realizing you went for we got to go. Yeah. We need to break 351. I flew across the country to run 350.99, um, and he comes up short. You can see here, though, Jordy Beamish. He's not going to do a Jordy Beamish thing. You got to wait. You got to wait for the Beamishing. The Beamish. Look, Beamish isn't. He, 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 he lost. He lost. He lost a spot. Yeah. He lost a spot, and someone is trying to pass him on the outside still. He likes to hide in the bushes, and then now. Boom. Out of a cannon. 150 to go. That's his sweet spot. Look at this. He's done this chugga, before chugga, at BU. Chugga, 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 chugga. He chugga, still looks chugga, way chugga, far back. Chugga, chugga, chugga. And the last 50 here, you still don't think he has enough room. No. He just barely gets by. Yeah. That's just, you got to expect it. He's not out of it until they're. <laughs> he's got to be buried. Like, yeah. He's got to be way far back for Beamish not to be a factor. I thought Henry Wynn ran really well. Henry Wynn ran really well. And then uh, in the third heat, Connor Burns, high school kid, became the fifth high schooler to break four indoors. He had already done it outdoors as a junior. Oregon uh, recruit. He uh, runs 359 in the, the third heat. Who won that heat? The third heat? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think, I don't know. There was, they all blend together. Like 30 plus guys ran sub four at the meet. Um, not 52, but still a lot. <laughs> you didn't make another video? No, I'm not going to make another video. So, uh, I did put up a tweet talking about how, because now that we see it, it's kind of interesting. Washington um, has six of the top seven mile times in the yeah. NCAA. Do you think I'm going to win? What? Do you think any of them are going to win? How many points do you think Washington's going to score? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Imagine if they had... They have the ability to put like seven milers in the final. Yeah, but how many do you think they're going to score? How many in the top eight do you think you're going to have? Well, it depends on how many they enter. Just say they enter all of them. Let's just say for the sake of argument. If they enter all of them? Yeah. I think they would get... I think they would get six of the eight spots. Really? Okay. Yeah, why not? Uh, five, five. That's fine. You can stick with your prediction. Also, I have a bone to pick well, with hold you. On, hold on. I, I put this up. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I know. Well, this is interesting. I did a little comparison showing top 10 milers in uh, 2010 versus 2023. Great the font fastest, choice. The fastest miler in 2010 was Lee Emanuel. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Uh, from New Mexico, ran 357. Uh, the 10th fastest miler this year ran 354. Uh, and the fastest miler ran 350. And you look at the left side, you have Mac Fleet. He went on to do great things collegiately. Ben Blankenship, he was a great U.S. out. Still's running. Still yeah. good. Andrew Weeding mm -hmm. ran 358. That Later that year, that's the year he went on to run like a 330-1500. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Kyle Merber was in there as a sophomore at Columbia. So it was not It was notable names, but their times are all running 357, 358. And then now you have non-notable names. I guess you could say... Wascom is the most notable because he won the 1500 last year. Maybe. Well, they can become notable. They though. can become notable, but like running 352s and 351s and 350s. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting showing what a difference 13 years makes and shoes and better training. And ultimately, I guess Andy Powell, because Andy Powell is all over this. Both sides. On both sides. Yeah. yeah the Oregon on the left side and Washington on the right side. Great chart. My issue isn't with the chart. My issue is it looks like somehow you're going to cheat me out of an over-under win. You had UW athlete running faster than 350-39. They didn't, and yet you didn't give me any points. 
What do you mean I didn't give any points? I don't have any points. Is it because some of UW athletes scratched? Is that why I don't get credit for it? What do you mean you don't get any points? You don't. You didn't mark that one. Well, I didn't update it. That was on oh, Sunday. Okay. So I got my points. Yeah, yeah, your points. Okay, I thought you were gonna come with some convoluted thing because it said seven entered, but only six ran, so it doesn't actually count. No, okay, I cool. got because you got. I got the no. We we did the. It's, it's okay. Thank you. We wanna we wanna show this over under. Do you wanna talk about the over unders right now? We can do it. Let's talk about it right briefly, now briefly, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, no, Garani didn't run. Yes, yeah, she did. If she wasn't on... She uh, ran. Okay. She did? Yeah, dude. Okay. Well, What'd she run? If she didn't run, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yes, no, 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 no. Because no. it, it says UW athlete. It's not... UW athletes ran. And scratches, you've been saying it doesn't count. So... All right. Whatever. We don't need to do this now. We can do this later. But we basically... I won we, again. We, no, you didn't win. I won again. By one. Yeah, that's all it takes. If I win by one every week... I'll take it. All right, college side of things. Man, college was exciting this week. Conference meets, they're always good. Let's start first, though, with the women's 400. I was getting shades of the indoor championships in College Station back in 2018, where the collegiate record stood for about 10 minutes. This time it was a little bit longer, but Rashida Adeleke goes 50-33, breaks the collegiate record held by Kendall Ellis. And Sidney Bluff was number two on that list from that 2018 championship at College Station. And then Talitha Diggs runs two hours later at SECs and goes 50.15. Not only is that a collegiate record, that's an American record as well for Diggs. Also has the best nickname in track right now, Talithal. Love it. Yeah. Talitha Diggs out of Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. That's right. That's right. Goes to the, went to the same high school that my nephew goes to. Right on. So they're Shout basically the same. Shout them out. Saucon Valley High School. There it is. Love it. Uh, but it's Letha Diggs. One thing I obviously great performance. We I could have probably projected this performance based off how she did outdoors last year. She ran sub fifty last year. Makes the U.S. team. You gotta think that you know a year wiser, a year smarter. She's gonna be able to put together a very good indoor four hundred. But the thing I got away, I took away from this performance, and really Florida as a whole. Mike Holloway has done a really good job at timing. His athletes. Now, there's still two more weeks here for NCAA indoors to come together, but Talitha Diggs was not like running out of her mind in January, mid February, early February. Yeah. A lot of the Florida athletes, they weren't in the top 10 at the NCAA until SECs, like after their SEC performances. And Talitha Diggs being able to time her run to run 50.15 at an important moment, which would be SECs. I was impressed. I'm impressed with the way her season is projecting is that she wasn't doing anything flashy in January, early February. She's now starting to show like, guys, I'm a sub 50 400 meter runner. I can run this fast. And she showed it here at SEC. So I thought that was very impressive. Yeah. Probably Florida has the confidence that once SEC rolls around, the fast times are going to come. You don't need to force it. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to try to go overboard to put an athlete in a fast race or get them prepared too early, right? You want to peak at the right time, and, and now they're now they're rolling. But I'm excited for that women's 400 at NCAAs because put them on the same track together. That's going to be pretty exciting. Let's go now to the women's 60, though. Big 12s. Julian Alfred, 6.97. Breaks her collegiate record again. I don't know how many of the top performances she has. I think it's close to all of them. That's number seven in the world. Uh, But I think almost the more impressive performance for me was her 200 because we knew she was 
awesome in the 60. I already had the collegiate record there. She almost broke the collegiate record in the 200, 22-26. I know it's not run professionally that much, but it's the moves are number four in the world. So Alford is a dual threat now is an interesting prospect. Yeah, did not see that 200 coming. That that's the the sub seven we saw coming because like this girl's gonna break seven eventually. She's probably gonna run sub seven at NCAA's. Uh so we knew six ninety seven, and at the end of the day, she found a way to make six ninety seven not shocking because she was like, Yeah, run seven oh and then seven flat, and now six ninety seven. So we expected it. But the twenty two twenty six to me is shocking. It shows that she is you know, has that strength to be able to do it more than just 60 or 100 meters. It's definitely going to translate well for her outdoor 100, I think. And uh, yeah, number four in the world. Again, it's not a commonly run event, but still very good. Number two NCA behind uh, Abby Steiner. And I think if she progresses well, maybe Steiner's record could go down in Albuquerque in two weeks. Alfred has the top seven times in the NCAA now. Oh, in the 60? Yeah. Six of them are from this year <laughs> like it's look at that it's getting it's getting ridiculous for she, she hacked it she hacked it i i hope whoever is in charge of texas's sports information department they kept the graphic they saved the julian alfred NCAA record holder template oh yeah and didn't delete it after each one and just was able to change the date and the time yeah. otherwise you're doing a lot of work this yeah. year they're probably like wow i thought i only had to make that thing once, <laughs> once. And then the second time they remake it, and they're like, "Oh, stuck can do it a third time." Version and four, now version five, version yeah, six. Yeah, now they have, now after this one, they're like, "Don't delete this graphic. We need to save this for NCAA's." So that's what I'm curious about. Does she have one more in her? And I know Lubbock was at altitude, but Albuquerque's at higher altitude. She's run fast already this year. What's the world record? Ninety-two. Ninety-two. Well, that, that seems a little bit of a reach. It's far. Um, we saw Hobbs go what ninety-four. In Albuquerque, I low key think we could see a, a uh, like a little bit of a what's the word? Dip, dip. No, no. God dang it! I hate it when I don't know words. Um, I think maybe we think she's gonna. Oh, something special's coming. I could see her maybe winning in seven oh one, because the competition isn't there. So mm -hmm. when there's no competition, she's gonna win. Well, there wasn't competition here though either. Yeah, but there's like the you're you're running. It's it's big twelves. A lot of you know you got to put yeah. together a good performance. I think she knows she's good. Well, the two maybe save a little for the two. Yeah, I just probably, think that yeah. we might see maybe a win, but not a six nine five. We might see like six nine nine win or a seven zero oh, one win. The race is so so short, though. Yeah. Just running to win, you don't really see people in the sixty shut it down. True, too early. Although Terrence Jones did celebrate early in the sixty yeah, we'll <laughs> this weekend at Big Twelves, which I don't think I had ever seen before. Because by the time you start running, that race is over. Yeah. You don't really have time to, to to celebrate. So I think we're gonna see maybe a little. We're gonna see a win, but it's not gonna be an NCAA record. Well, we'll have to set that as one of the over unders. Yes. I might six ninety seven. I might go under on that one. No, yeah, another. An eighth top. Well, what's the? Let me ask you this. So, seven oh five. She's gonna go faster than seven oh five, though, right? Can she do that in the prelim too? So she, so she could go nine out of the top ten. Yes, yeah, by the end of the year, if she goes seven oh five faster than seven oh five, twice, twice, yeah, she could do that for sure. Ironman. Yeah, I know. I said I was gonna give it to Britton Wilson if she wins the eight hundred, <laughs> which. Okay, let's talk about that. I watched that race. 
Michaela Rose was great and was aw- but it was those two. Yeah. And the SEC women's 800 is pretty good. Yeah. This year, but those two broke away, and I think Wilson. This isn't her primary event. Second time ever running it. She's just getting reps. Yeah. So I think she's going to be ready. NCAA indoors, we can see her get a little better as she starts to figure out the strategy and the pacing. And like, so that's what's the word? Like saving the kick at the right time, and yeah, she might put a little too much in that third lap. You know. Yeah, it's difficult to figure out. Just like it's difficult to figure out a four hundred or four hurdles is harder. Yeah. You got to figure out the step pattern, but the eight hundred takes some time to get used to it. And she she ran really well. Rose was was great. I think this makes is Rose the favorite or is it Willis Whitaker, Whitaker and Willis Willis Stanford? They're both yeah. running good at Stanford, but it's going to be interesting because Wilson is kind of like the wild card. This will be her third, I guess, third and fourth race, including prelims. Uh, other sprinting events, I think. A lot of low-key, like, whoa, like kind of head-turners, I thought, starting with Court- Courtney Lindsay, 20.13 at Big 12s, number six in the world all-time in the 200. Again, it is a 200, 200 not run often, but number six all-time for the men's 200. Scroll down, uh, Colt, at the bottom. There you go. 20.13, very impressive for Courtney Lindsay. And then Texas Tech's, Teammate Terrence Jones mm-hmm. makes his season debut. Was it a season debut? No, I thought he had run. Did he? Let me let me pull it up. He no, you're right. Season debut at Big Twelve, six forty six and a six forty eight. How's that? Six forty six and six forty eight yeah. for Terrence Jones. Immediately jumps right into favorite, in my opinion. Yeah, because we haven't seen Makai Williams since yeah. the end of. Or middle part of January, yeah. so we haven't seen him in a in a couple months. So one person was at the beginning of the season, the other person at the end of the season. But Jones of forty eight and a forty six. Do you think Williams is injured? I, think, I have no idea. I would Some, assume he something's is. up. I mean, if you haven't seen him by this point, I'm assuming he's not going to be an NCAA's. But yeah, maybe maybe we'll find out. I guess tomorrow I mean, we'll know by Wednesday whether or not Williams is running NCAA's. But if you haven't seen him since January, he didn't run mid February either. So right. You think you'd want to put in more reps, so I think Terrence Jones is going to be the the favorite in the sixty. Yeah, which will be exciting to break down as uh, weeks move along. Uh, also, Elijah Godwin ran a really fast four hundred forty four seventy five. Yeah, it's good. Very impressed. Number six all time in the world history. Um, will you say so? I know I kind of maybe got a little bit of backfired by by looking at um, Femke Bowles forty nine second four hundred world record as not that important important because <laughs> that, was your, that was your take not mine for the record but like when someone like elijah godwin wins number six all time in world history yeah you kind of think like it's it's a rarely run event it's really he's number six all time in world history really is just being number six in nca history for the most part you can have that take but then all right apply it to bull Diggs just ran 50.15 and bull ran 49.2 that's a good point. So that and Diggs is an amazing runner. I think and, Diggs is going to run sub four fifty at NCAA. Yeah, and and I think she should. And I'll, that record should be like if more people would run it throughout their career, absolutely it would be quicker. But Bowl forty nine two, that's in a different area code. Yeah, than than these times north of fifty. But I'm excited for Godwin because he's had a wild career. Uh, sh- show this tweet. I'm sure you remember this, but he got bludgeoned or. 
pierced by a javelin running yeah, backwards, backwards yeah. doing a backwards stride basically almost killed him so it was out i don't know how you do but after getting stabbed in the back by a javelin do you come back you know three or four years later and run 44.75 indoors i don't think most people can do that <laughs> he did very impressed in my mind he is the the favorite in the indoor 400 christopher bailey was in that race who had the top time going yeah. in but Godwin looking good in the 400. But I want to say this. My most notable performance that no one is talking about is Ja'Cory Patterson of Florida. Now why? He won SECs in the 200. Runs 20.29. Not the fastest time because Courtney Lindsay ran 20.13. Yeah. 20.29 for Ja'Cory Patterson. Ja'Cory Patterson is not a 200-meter runner. Ja'Cory Patterson guy. is a 400 guy. And a 300 guy. And a 300 guy at Virginia Tech. He was a great 300 guy. Ja'Cory Patterson, I remember following him throughout this season. I was like, he should be better. Like, he wasn't running that well in January and early February. I was like, this guy is a legit talent. Why is he not running faster? He's getting beat. He's like running low-key, not that impressive 400s. But then he goes out there, runs 20.29. But not only is that time, that's a legit time. He beats Matthew Bowling, mm -hmm. who Bowling is good. 400 guy beating Bowling in Bowling's event. I'm thinking we may see a crazy Ja'Cory Patterson 2023 outdoor season. Like, I'm talking like making the team, making the team, maybe even winning USA's with no Norman's not no, running. With no Norman there, I can see Ja'Cory Patterson winning the US title. Uh, that speed, when he eventually gets into the 400 realm, he's got a great training partners. Florida's got a phenomenal group of like four to five great 400 meter talents. But this 20.29 shows that Holloway knows what he's doing. He's timing him well. I don't know if he's going to run him in the four or the two. I'd probably, probably runs him in the two now because now he can show that he can win the two. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Ja'Cory Patterson, very impressive. He feels like he's been in college for forever. But 20.29 for a 400 guy, beating Matthew Bowling. Whew. That's good. He's got the speed. I like how you said Mike Holloway proved that he knows what he's doing. Okay, I don't think he, he, he didn't I, proved I, it yet to no, you. No, he proved it. I no, just want to get you in trouble. Reiterated. With Mike. He didn't prove. He reiterated. You're, you're going to see him in a couple weeks. He I just want to get you in trouble. That he knows what he's doing. Mike, I didn't say that for the he record. Reiterated. That, was, that was Gordon. He didn't said. prove anything. He reiterated <laughs> everything. I do have a preview of uh, we don't really know officially the NCAA rankings that I come out with will be more finalized once we know who scratches because I have to yeah. project scratches. But uh, Florida men have slowly found a way to introduce themselves as podium contenders. They're probably – it's going to be hard for them to win because Arkansas looks pretty good. But Florida, I think right now, is going to be ranked fourth going into uh, yeah. NCAAs. And the Florida women have closed in the gap mightily on Texas. Yeah. So uh, we could see a potential Florida sweep. Uh, Arkansas sweep is also in the mix. Texas women are looking very good. Texas Tech men are good. And then the distance fun, Washington men and NC State women are the whole wa the wild card. We are distance only, but we can score a lot of points. Yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, on the pod Wednesday when we actually have the official rankings. So Official rankings? Yeah, I did less rankings. I didn't do them every week. I did them every two weeks, and I was waiting. I'm going to wait for – so the official rankings for who's going to win NCAs will be coming out. Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Anyway. Oh, more college. Story of the... This is my most interesting thing. 
So this past weekend was conference championship weekend, which they keep track of scores. Yeah. They want to know who wins the team title. We didn't really break down the line. team titles because why is it that? Why don't we care a lot about team titles when it comes to conferences? Why don't we get excited about that? Because it's a totally different group of teams that they'll then win nationals. Yeah. And it'd be a totally different group of teams that win dual meets if you and tri meets if we yeah. did those and scored those yeah. a lot. But anyway, something interesting happened. Yeah. In track and field. ACC women's team title coming down to the 4x4, which you got to love. You got to love when a 4x4 defi- de- defines who wins the team title. Yeah. Uh, Duke needed to win to win the team title by a point. No, they just need to finish sixth. Okay, they need to finish sixth. Yeah, that's what makes the story interesting. They just need to finish sixth. Okay. They just need to finish sixth. They're battling down the home stretch with Miami. Two strides? Maybe from the finish line, Duke's anchor makes contact with Miami's anchor, and the baton flies out of the Duke athlete's hand into the infield. She crosses the finish line because she's so close to the finish line when this happens. And you think, okay, wait, what what happened here? Because <laughs> we've seen baton drops, and then people go back, and they get it, and they relitigate it, or you see bumping. And then they go back and they figure out, okay, is there any DQs? But this was just boom, boom. Yeah, we it, have. it happened so quickly. Um, yeah, here at HCC Network, courtesy of them, coming down the home stretch. It's like they're going to, you know, guarantee top six finish. And they drop the baton or the baton gets knocked out of their hand one meter before they cross the finish line. Yeah, did you – and I, it's so tough. It's just bad luck. You could – Monday morning quarterback and say, all right, put it in this hand, put it in that hand, right? But, and in this case, obviously, if it's if it's in the outside hand, if it's away from where the opposing runner is, it's better. You also could say, hey, you just got to get six, so just, like, back up, right? Don't even contest <laughs> that last 50 meters. But runners aren't trained to do that. Runners are trained to compete. They want to run a fast time. They don't want to just cruise through. I mean, I'm reminded of outdoors a few years ago, Anna Cockrell and USC, she was running for the Trojans, and they needed a good finish in the 4x4. Otherwise, Arkansas was going to win. She loses the baton. They lose, you know, there's contact. Not as dramatic as this in terms of it was the last two strides, but they had to go back, pick it up, and go. Just, I, I feel bad for Duke. I feel bad for Duke. That's just a tough spot to be in. Here's my thing. Why do you? does the anchor leg need to be holding a baton? That's the rules. We have rules. No, but like the purpose of baton is to make sure that we can officially track that they went that each the relay leg ran around. what they need to run yeah. to prove that the next relay leg didn't get a head start. Because mm-hmm. you have to give them a baton, so it forces you to make contact with your previous. But like, I think they should just change the rules where anchor legs, once they grab the baton, they can th- get rid of it. They can throw it. Get rid of it. Because why do you need a baton? We we know you are the final leg. We know that you are – they're not stopping the clock when the baton crosses the finish line. They're stopping the clock torso, when yeah. the torso crosses the finish right, line. Right. So why do you need to have a baton in your hand? Yeah. I think it's a flaw in the track and field rule, rule book. Why do anchor legs need to have batons? They don't. They don't need the batons because you're the anchor leg. You're not passing it to anyone. So why – she should be able to throw it. She'd be able to like, oh, you know, what? who cares? So 339 was six, and they were right with Miami at 332. So they had seven seconds – to spare to get the, the team title. And if the team title wasn't at stake, 
it doesn't get mentioned, right? No. It's like, oh, it's unfortunate they lost out on a conference title in the 4x4. Four four. But the big thing was overall team title. You go from winning it to losing it in a, in a split second because of a, a rule baton. that makes no sense because why should anchor legs need batons? Again, you have yet to prove it to me, Kevin. You've been ignoring this question. Why do anchor legs need to have batons? The purpose of a baton is to prove that you didn't get a head start before your previous leg ran up to you. Yeah. Because it shows you made contact because right. you handed the baton. But I don't need to hand a baton to the finish line. My body is the baton. Mm-hmm. The anchor is the baton. Yeah. They don't need to hold anything. They are one with the baton. They can just put the baton and it should evaporate. They should have like a type of thing in their hand that when they grab the baton, it disintegrates and they can just run freely because we know they are the baton. Do you want me to read the comments? Sure. First of all, first someone says, what, Gordon? David says, this is why the U.S. loses people like Gordon. What? What do you mean? Uh, you're talking about realize. Oh. Anthony says, so they throw the baton away during the race. Uh, Herbert says, bring in the javelin thrower on the last leg. Satoshi says, Gordon, stop with your weird rules. LOL. Tampa Eagle says, Gordon is insane. David says, the idea is to get the baton around as fast as possible. And then Gordon But then, that's stopped. not true, though. It's not to get the baton around as fast as possible because they stop the clock not when the baton crosses the finish line. They stop the clock when the horse, when the chest crosses the finish line. So if, it's not about the baton. If chip, her baton was right here. What about chips in the baton? Okay, hold on. About that. If her baton, if one person's baton is behind them and the other person puts the baton out, the person is not the person with the baton that crossed the finish line first. It's with right, the chest. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the baton means nothing in the situation. Why does it matter if it's in her hand? You're not tracking it. Chips in the football, chips in the baton. It's where we're headed as a society, right? I just think that anchor legs should not be required to hold batons. Makes no sense. You know it makes no sense. The other athletes have to, though. Yeah, because you need to prove that you made contact. What if they do the wrist? Didn't World Relays do the wristbands? They like hand it off the wristband and then you put it on. That's not coming off. Like a little sweatband? Yeah. Yeah, just hand it to them. I guess you could drop the sweatband before you get it on your I'm wrist. Saying, anchor legs should not have to hold batons. Stupid. Oh, Jordan says that the batons are chipped. They are tracking. I guess that's how they. Is that how they get those four by one splits that are always yeah insane? But they don't use the chip on the baton to to decide who won a, a race. The torso. The torso is the baton. Who cares if she dropped it? it makes no sense. I was just thinking our team's gonna start doing this two hand carry. The baton, or just uh, or put in your ear like or, a pencil. No, that's too risky. Like a competitor comes and you just put it above your head, just like you're playing keep away or something. So can like you a, put it in your jersey and just like? I think it has to stay in your hands. You can't hold it in your mouth. I think that has to stay in your hands. Is that is that a rule that has? Can you? It'll be fun if someone runs it with. I think it needs, I think it needs to be held in your hands. Why? Because sometimes they just they make rules for people like you. Because otherwise, what if you don't have hands? What, well, I guess that's a different set of rules then. But I, I don't think – I think people would have actually put it in the jersey if they – I get nah, it's not very aerodynamic yeah. though either. You always see it in the jersey before they start, and I'm always wondering there's got to be at least one team that's forgotten it. <laughs> just taken off. I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, and Jadil says, definitely creates a liability. A bunch of batons just flying around the track. You wouldn't need to actually throw them for Gordon's idea. You could just like – Drop it. Just set it. Show you hold it. You have to run with it for 10 meters, and then you can let go. Well, then people got to trip on them. It's going to be like marbles on the ground. But it's on you. Keep your eyes up. Look forward when you run. You just have a guy with a bin and you just like toss it in. Velcro baton. Yeah, I like 4x4. Four four, it doesn't 
bother me as much, but I do on the on the four by one. It is strange in a way that we decide the fastest team, in part a lot by who can a get ton. a baton yeah. around. <laughs> but you know, you can say long jump is weird too, right? It's not who jumps the farthest. You got to be behind the border too, right? Like they're not just measuring. Hey, take off from this general area. Well, and the then fact we'll that measure it. long jump. I think long jump. Imagine if long jump you had to jump over a line and not in sand, and it's like high jump. What if they treated long jump like high jump? Yeah, yeah, you talked about that before. I'm just saying, there's sometimes there's technical limitations to just pure athletic performance. Yeah, in and then sometimes there's there's events where there's very little, right? Like in the hundred, all you got to make sure is you stay in your lane and you don't fall start. That's like those are the only two requirements, but. In other events, there's more more hurdles to jump through. Anyway, Duke is the true 2023 women's team champion in my mind. So they're just the, like how Daniel, Daniel Roberts, Roberts and Indoor Tour champion Duke women's track team. You got the handshake emoji. You know they're like the <laughs> oh the, the real champions. The meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you say stuff that's so crazy that this isn't just, crazy just to believe. No, hold on. This is not a crazy stat. Has think, any coach said that to you? Has any coach said that to you ever? No. Okay. No, I'm just wondering. Because they, they think about track more than you do. I wonder if anyone the said, you know what? The purpose of a baton is about the exchange, not the finish. Yeah. No, I... I so I, why does it matter if the finisher has a baton in their hand? I agree with you Makes on that Makes no part. sense. I, I agree with you on the whole point of a baton is to make sure that someone's not leaving early. Yeah. Right? yeah no, it has I, nothing to do with who won the race. Mm-hmm. And everyone who thinks what I'm crazy for saying this... That you had to throw the baton at. And if you hit the that? target, oh, you, you got a second off your time. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Bonus I, times. Yeah, it'll be like the biathlon and... The cross-country skiing thing? It's like a video game. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fun. But don't you like it because chaos? Isn't it interesting with batons? Isn't it fun? No? Well, I don't... I think there's better chaos when you get, get rid of it. You're like, you're done. It's like, yeah, we're in the final stretch. Yeah, but I'm saying this sort of stuff makes it unique as opposed to just an open 400. No, it's like stupid though. I don't know when we... We should care about... Watching fast people run, not watching fast people hold try to, try to hold the baton. Well, that's how I feel about the four by one, and it's not it's not just because the U.S. drops stick. Like I'm totally fine with whoever wins; it doesn't matter to me. But it's more just, and, and you're never going to get it a hundred percent where the most deserving team wins, right? Yeah. It's never going to be perfect, but it is. Like that Jamaican women's team, it's still crazy to me that didn't win. <laughs> In Eugene, I mean, they had some rough handoffs, but it wasn't catastrophic. But yeah. I also think it, it's introducing such a such a arbitrary skill into something that's pretty straightforward. Hell of a pod, Kevin. What are we going to talk about on Wednesday? We are going to talk about NCAA rankings. NCAA rankings. We're going to talk about. I'm uh, Michael Norman and and Fred Curley responded to Noel Al's challenge. We can talk about that. Okay. Tokyo Marathons this weekend. We talk about that. Uh, the 10 is happening. The 10K. Preview that. Uh, it's, it's, we're, we have two, oh, European indoors. European indoors. We could eat early NCAA stuff too. Let's do it. Yeah. There's going to be a good pot. There's still a lot. I don't think it's going to top this one because this came on the best week of track of the year. Which I was only off by 14 days. Oh, please stop with that. That's uh, going to be one of my monikers of 2023. What did you accomplish in 2023? I correctly predicted within a 14-day span the best track in <laughs> 2023. On my second try. Just say. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. Yeah, love the chat. Like and subscribe. Tell a friend. Colt, any last words? Any last uh, words? No, I think we should 
We should keep my uh, target idea, though. I think that'd be fun. I do like that, the target idea. The Spotify playlist, Vermondo Records, I think, good best idea we came up with out of the pod. Not the baton idea? No, I think the playlist is just universally beloved. Yeah. All right. World record, Mondo world record song playlist. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys Wednesday. Bye. Like and subscribe. <laughs>